You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1092 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And if you missed it, part one of this podcast is already live in the feed. It's myself and Tyler Jones, good friend of the podcast. This is actually part two that you're about to listen to. So if you missed anything from part one, go back and download it. It's episode 1091. So keep that in mind. And this is a companion piece. This is part two that you're about to listen to. One note, by the way, on the news front that I forgot to mention on part one is that the College Park Skyhawks are now scheduled to host the G League Ignite on January 21st at Gateway Center down in College Park. And that may not seem like too much to you guys, but it's an opportunity for people close by to check out prospects like Jaden Hardy and Michael Foster. Jaden Hardy is a consensus top five guy in the NBA draft for next season, so he'll be playing down the road against the G League competition. And honestly, there's a good chance that guys like Sharif Cooper or or uh, Skylar Mays could be in attendance for that one playing against Jaden Hardy. That'd be pretty uh, interesting to watch. So... All that said, that's something that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned uh, I missed on the last podcast. It's sort of a headline event for College Park, and check that out if it's not for a few months. All right, before we get to myself and Tyler for another about hour on the podcast, lots of content on the feed today. A word from our sponsors, and the first of which is Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week, and it made no sense at all and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball, and it's called Game Pick. It's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to counter with the team's total score, ensuring that an even number of games are played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players had more scheduled games that week are over, and so is the fact that you have mindless daily busy work in the previous environment, and if you're giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work, those days are also over. In Game Picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on all kinds of factors from player matchups to home versus away, opponents' defensive rankings, pace of play, and much more. And all of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty leagues, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. If you can download the Sleeper app right now and start a league with your friends today, you will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind Game Pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. Check it out and download the Sleeper app today. One of the questions I have for you is, like, let's assume Capella misses... I'm not reporting this. Not reporting this, I promise. Let's assume Capella misses some time at the beginning of the season. Uh... Are you just going to start Collins at center? Or are you going to try to play Gorgie 24 minutes a game and piece it together? Like, what would your plan be if I just told you Capella is out for two weeks or three weeks or whatever? Listen, if it was me, my plan would be matchup-based. If I can get away with playing John Collins at center and Gallo at the four and start, and if DeAndre Hunter is available. Yeah, let's, let's assume Hunter is in and Capella's not. For this. So if Hunter's there, that makes things a lot easier. To me, I would just start those guys and like, you know, just you mean, play you my mean, best guy. You mean start start Gallo and John? Yeah, start yeah. Gallo at the four or the five, depending on however you want to talk about the matchup, and just go on the, from there. And they get Jang in, you know, spot minutes to separate those two guys, or um. Or start Jane, but like it'd be like um, 
you know, Jang is starting, quote unquote, but he's like, he's coming out five minutes into the game uh, each half or something like that. If he is going to start, like he's only playing five minutes a half and we're just riding um, Collins, Gallinari and DeAndre Hunter, you know, at the other big, as my big man, playing more Hunter at the four, uh, maybe even potentially playing Hunter at the five. We did see Hunter play some five, both in the Knicks series and at that last regular season game against the Rockets. So that is a look Nate McMillan is willing to go to out of nowhere. Um, so it's, so it'll be interesting to see if he goes back to that. Um, but th- this is also depending on Hunter being healthy. And I'm assuming he's okay because he was warming up. He wasn't uniform. He just didn't play. And he was listed as questionable. So that, that was compared to like Trey Young, who also warmed up, but was in street clothes and Dylan Wright. Well, I don't even think warmed up. As soon as, soon as they listed Trey and DeLon Wright as doubtful, they were never playing. I mean, Trey, there's no reason to play Trey at all right now. Maybe you want to see like him for five minutes on uh, on Thursday, but you know what Trey, Trey's going to be in shape. He's going to be fine. Like, don't play Trey. <laughs> I have no issue with that whatsoever. Uh, but that, it was a dead giveaway when, that, when those guys were listed as doubtful. It's like, all right, there's no reason these guys are going to play. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I was shocked that Herder was starting. I thought even the questionable guys weren't going to play. So, yeah, Herder no, I, I was intrigued. I mean, pre, in pregame, Nate just came out and was like, "All right, uh, Herder is going to go and start." And I'm like, "Okay," uh, especially because at the point, I think they just want to give him reps or whatever and see what he can do. But yeah, it's interesting to me. I think that obviously Collins will play more center if Capella is not there. That's like the only thing that we actually know is that we're going to see that. Um, I just don't know how much they're going to play Gorgie, honestly, because I think they're probably going to not keep Okafor on the roster. And if they don't do that, then Gorgie's the only center behind those guys. So it's like, all right, do you want to start Gorgie and have him play, you know, the first five minutes of the first quarter and then one more stint and like play 20 minutes a night that way? Or do you want to just kind of lean on John as basically treat John as a center and try to piece together the power forward minutes between going small between Solomon Hill or maybe even Jalen Johnson and obviously Gallo? Uh, I don't know that answer honestly. Am I? I mean, but this this is my Jalen Johnson point because they need him. They need his ability to grab a rebound, you know, contest the rebounds. But he has to actually like he's got to show that intensity level in the preseason so that Nate can have at least a semblance of trust in him. So hopefully this game where he was actually benched um, would get the message home if he wants to, like, have a real role on his team. Because I'll also say this. Um, Sharif Cooper looks really good out there. He does. I was going to ask you like, about Sharif, so let's just do that now. Uh, but, I mean, my last thing, but with Cam, you, you notice how none of this, none of, none, none of my solutions feature Cam. Because I... I mean, that, that Cleveland game first half, I don't know what was worse, Brad. The <laughs> it was, first half of the Cleveland game or the first half of the Grizzlies game? It was One of the games he was meant to not good he was meant to be checked out against the Grizzlies. But against the Cavs, his shot selection was embarrassing. Like, I – it almost – you almost couldn't believe it, right? I, 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 was in, I was with you, and I was getting kind of yelled at by Hawks fans for pointing it out. And I'm like, guys, I'm not trying to pick on him, but, like, just watch these shots. They're, they're not good shots for really anyone. I mean – those are he's taking superstar level shots that even if even if a superstar took some of those shots, I would kind of raise my eyebrows. Like he he took some pretty wild attempts, like and you got to just know that you're not that. I mean, that's just interesting to me. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I was getting a little bit of blowback for saying it, but I thought it was pretty obvious that the shot selection, really the 
entire preseason for Cam, even when he was Absolutely. making them, was not like great. It was a little bit better when he was making no, them, but but it was better. It was better. You know, I will say like in general, he's played better when he's played alongside Shreve Cooper because Shreve Cooper is the one with the ball in his hand and he's setting him up. Cobb County's own. Shreve Cooper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keach's own. Um, but, uh, you know, Shreve Cooper is actually setting him up for open catch and shoot three corners, which he's actually good at. But, like, I don't know, Brad, watching this game, like, it's clear he has no, like, he's taking these shots, one, because he has confidence in it, and two, he doesn't have confidence as a driver. Like, he just doesn't have any confidence driving to the rim whereas I mean I I mean like regardless of position Shreve Cooper is playing better than he is Shreve Cooper's 20 I mean a rookie I and he's like what 5'11 <laughs> 160 and he's playing better on, I, I'd argue on both ends I'm like I know I know um, Cam's getting these steals they look great but I'm not actually like some of the stuff he's doing on defense, I'm not actually a fan of. Like it's a lot of, I don't know. It's a lot of too cool. Like it's a lot of too cool stuff from him. Or compare his compare his defense to like Kevin Herter, right now, where it's solid and he's executing the scheme. I mean, they, I mean, in the game, he and Kevin Herter had a like had a miscommunication. Herter tried to talk to him about it. Like I. I Cam's not talking to anybody on the floor. Like, he's not talking. Like, there's no communication with Cam to the rest of his teammates during that Grizzlies game. Like, there was none. And so, like, there's just some, there's just some stuff that I don't, I don't know fully. Like, I'm not, I'm not a reporter. I don't have any access to the game. I only saw one game. Well, I'm trying to tell you fans, especially fans that love Cam Ray and think the most of them, I would seriously consider the fact that he might not be on this team for a variety of reasons. One of them, and I think the, I think the biggest one is that for Cam's future, I feel like he probably feels that he'd be better somewhere else. Like where he feels that way and because he feels like he hasn't had the opportunity to really experience see on what he can or cannot do. I would actually disagree with that point from him. He's had plenty of chances. Um, but, like, he just, he clearly wants a real role starters minutes, 28 plus a night guaranteed. And he's not getting that with the Hawks. And, like, they're just better basketball players on the team. Like, I, I've been more impressed with Skylar Mays this preseason. All Skylar Mays is doing is this job, right? Like, Skylar Mays is coming in the game, and he's doing what the coaching staff needs him to do. He's playing hard. He's making his open shots. He's not taking bad looks. He's driving hard to the rim when it's available. I'm, I'm like, if, 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 if we took away draft position and age, Skylar Mays is playing better. Like, I, 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 they're, they're, like, Cam's not playing well, and the Hawks don't have the time or the minutes to give away, like, there's a real opportunity in the Eastern Conference to get the one seed. I don't know if anybody else has read the news, but a certain somebody's not going to be playing home games. I, I was actually going to ask and like, you. Like everybody's this. apparently cool with that. <laughs> I was going to ask we you. We got another team. We got another team. Their second best players at home. He chilling. He he watching anime apparently or something. Playing video games. Probably playing 
Fortnite or something. I don't know what he played. Warzone, maybe. I, I don't know. But Ben Simmons not not in Philly right now. Um, no, he's not. Giannis under the Kumpo, knee's still bothering him. Has he played a preseason game, Brad? Did, did I miss something? <laughs> I, I know he's been out with knee problems. Uh, the one that he did, like, the one that it looked like he dislocated during the Hawks series, by the way. So, uh, my, my point is, there's real opportunity for the Hawks if they get into a hot start to get the one seed. This is a team with the talent to win a championship. They have the talent. I know what I know what ESPN's rankings of players says where the <laughs> Hawks are. But I'm telling you, as an observer of NBA basketball, the Hawks have as much talent, if not more, than any team in the NBA, including the Nets, even with all three of those guys. They have a lot of really good basketball players on this team. And the thing about having a lot of talent at a variety of positions is you don't have to be better. You don't have to be the best basketball player in the world all the time. But if you're the best basketball player this one game, that's all that matters. Like, if you have the proper matchup, John Collins could look like Carl Malone plus Charles Barkley against a bad defense against a certain team. Um, You know, and the other nights who looked like a role player, like it, like they had the talent where it's not. They have a bunch of guys who can really dominate a matchup if given if the if the if the role and the setting is there. And so that's why I'm really high on this team. But right now, we got injuries at the front court. We have a plethora of wings, including uh, Timothy Luau Cabrera, who hasn't made a three, but he's looked really good out there defensively. I think he's going to make the team. Um, and we got, and we got Cam Reddish, who's kind of just. It feels like everybody's pulling in one direction, and Cam is on the other side pulling in a different direction. And if Cam doesn't want to come with the rest of his team, like, is does this become a sunk cost situation where we're like, all right, we're just going to trade him for either a future asset or a player that can help us right now? Because they, they, they like. Right now, rebounding and their lack of rebounding presence on both ends is directly tied to the fact they don't have a center right now. We'll come back with more with myself and Tyler in a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today, and the first of which is betonline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever, and all eyes are at the gridiron this season as teams are back for another football season all across the country. And as always, BetOnline is your favorite and number one spot for all of your professional and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website right now, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. And one more time, it is 50% on a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON in their portal. From football, basketball, boxing, golf, tennis, UFC, baseball, your favorite casino games, and much, much more, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season with BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, Bet online where the game starts. We can get away from from the fam chronicles because it's obviously interesting and it's early and I don't know what's going to happen there. But I hope he uh, fits 
what they want a little bit better than what he's been doing so far. <laughs> it's kind of I mean, I, I, I want Cam this. on this team. I like him. I Me like too. I mean, that's that's the I've thing. Like, we're, been we're, high on, we're high on Cam. I think, thing. I think he can be good. Like, I think he can be good for this Hawks team if he accepts a lesser role. They need him because, like, his jumper actually looks really – this is the best his jumpers look. I mean, wait, wait, he took it's that. Great. He took a catch and shoot for his his last shot on Saturday night was on, on the left wing. It was set up well. He took a like catch and shoot, very much in rhythm, and it was just it was beautiful. It, it looked great. Like that's the kind of thing where Cam's jump shot, when it looks right, looks great. When it went in and all that fun stuff. I mean, uh, I don't know. We, we can leave it there for now. I I did want to follow up with you on the uh on the top of the east because i know you are high on what this team could be this year and i was going to ask you about like you know we don't know about the Kyrie resolution but for now he's gonna miss some games it seems because of the vaccine the vaccine uh situation in brooklyn and then philly has a giant question mark um i still you know as long as Giannis is healthy-ish milwaukee will be fine in the regular season because they're like kind of built for that but uh I mean, how, yeah, how, but the how Bucks, you feel? The Bucks are so overwhelming; they can't miss Giannis. For oh no, they can't. That, that's the thing; they can't miss Giannis. He's the only guy they can't miss, really. Um, I mean, Middleton too, kind of. Um, but I, I do think that they're regular season-wise. You know, everyone knows this, but Bud is very good in terms of like building the machine in the regular season. Now you can't operate without Giannis, but they're going to win a bunch of games. I, I, have, I have faith in that, barring a Giannis injury. It's just like. I don't know where to slot the Hawks in. The highest I've seen anybody pick the Hawks is Zach Lowe has them third. I am leaning towards that as well. Um, I can't pick them ahead of Brooklyn and Milwaukee, but I think it's possible they can pass. If that, if that makes sense, like I won't pick it unless uh, you know something weird happens with injuries or stuff like that. But are you like going to pick the Hawks to be a top two seed? Is that where you are? I, I, I want to know where you are at this at this point. In time. All I'll say is they have the most incentive out of all these teams. To try hard, uh, the whole to way. try as hard as possible to win every game as possible to get that one seat. And and their head and their head coach, by the way, is uh, the guy you would want if 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 uh, if your if, if your objective is to push really hard in the regular season, your head coach being Nate McMillan is a good thing because Nate does not believe in pedaling off. Like Nate does not believe in like rest. He doesn't really believe in, like any uh, to the point where I'm sure I'll be frustrated at some point this year about how he handles something. But Nate is definitely a pedal to the metal kind of coach. But here's the thing. This is one of the situations where, to me, Brad, the, I think they can beat the Bucks or the Nets, but I don't think they can beat both of those guys in a playoff run at the same time. And if they want to avoid them, they get the one seed. Like, it, it, the, that, it's that simple to me. Um, if, they, if, if they can avoid, if they only have to play one of those teams once, that's their path to make it to the NBA Finals. If they make it to the Finals, they can win the championship. Because I don't the Western Conference. I mean, I mean, some people like the Lakers, um, but I, you know, the West is wide open. Like I don't. There's not a team in the West that scares me. The teams that scare me are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like those are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, in the NBA. I agree. Um, I feel like. The Nets, while they have an, while they have you know those three guys, I still don't like their big man rotation compared to the Hawks. I feel like the Hawks have real advantages on them, just through their quality of their roster compared to the Nets overall. Even though they, even though the Nets are shockingly deep for a team with three supermax guys somehow, 
Uh, but, you know, they're still relying on, at the end of the day, like, it's going to be a lot of Kevin Durant either at power forward or center. And I just like the matchup that the Hawks have against the Nets. Whereas the Bucks, I like the I like I like the Bucks series even less than the Nets, but they won six. They they took that, them to six, and quite frankly, it wasn't their offense that struggled. They just couldn't get stops consistently. No, and I... they couldn't get stops because they didn't have they didn't have you know DeAndre Hunter. I mean, DeAndre Hunter was so it was such a <laughs> like that was such a hole for them. It would have been and nice to have so someone clear. to guard Middleton at some point in that series. <laughs> would have been, or, would have been you good. know, so you can have Hunter on Middleton or just Hunter on somebody so that Drew Holiday just doesn't get to, you know, find his offense, uh, you know, on, you know, getting easy looks against like either Trey Young or uh, a one-legged bogey, which was also a problem. Like, Hawks had so many injury issues. I don't want to talk about that anymore, but like overall, I was actually impressed by the Hawks' ability to score and their ability to defend when they could actually match up properly with Middleton and Drew Holiday. Uh, so, is it? I'm not predicting they're going to get the one seed, but I think they can. I, I think this team's going to win 50 plus games. Like I, I, I think they're that level of team, and but that's going to depend on their defense. Because their offense to me, as long as Trey Young is, as long as Trey Young out there, they're going to be one of the best offenses in the NBA. Well, I mean, uh, actually, now, I want I wanted to ask you this too because uh, it's a good time to do it. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I think their offense is a lot safer than their defense. The defense is kind of anchored by Capella and some others. But like, you know, how good do you think they are on both ends? Because you know, offensively, I was uh, on with Nate Duncan, and he was like. I think he had him like 10th or 11th. And I was like, I think I have them higher than that on offense as long as Trey is, you know, there and as long as they're like re- reasonably healthy. The defense is where I get into the question because last year they were like league average and that was a huge step forward. And they were better than that when Capella played and they were pretty bad when he sat. Uh, they just, you know, not breaking any ground here. They kind of have to have Capella or the def- or defensively they're not going to be very good. And that's not even like a hot take. It's just well, the reality. I mean, I think this team has a lot of defensive talent for the first. Like, I mean, they, they do, but the thing is, they kind of build everything around having Clint Capella, and that's why he was a defensive player of the year candidate. And yeah, they, they do have some good talent, but if you assume that a Kong was out for at least two or three months longer, which he is, and then you throw in like Capella maybe being in and out a little bit, that's where you get into a shaky situation. Because yeah, they I like I like Collins defensively, I like Hunter defensively. I like Reddish a little bit defensively. I think Bogey's underrated. I think Herter's pretty solid at this point in time. But, you know, they kind of – center is important defensively. <laughs> I guess is the way to I mean, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say I really like what Dylan Wright is able to offer as a defender. He, he will help them, yeah. Um, and just overall, like I just – I like the makeup of this team a lot more even than last year just because of Dylan Wright because he just has such versatility being able to guard one through three potentially. Um, and just another guy who can guard those tough, you know, those tough offensive options on the other team where last year it was literally just Herder. Like at the end of the season, it was just one guy. We only had one guy. So now that we got more than one guy combined with more continuity, uh, I, I, I found Collins defense to be really good 
Um, yeah. Not so much against the Grizzlies, but like Grizzlies game, like co- compared to what he was doing in the Cavs game, where he was playing with real effort, I, I didn't blame. Like I was actually pretty. Su- Listen, John's John's effort level if, def- if, is never is never in question. He's gonna play hard. I don't. No, worry about but it. I'm I'm talking about men- I'm talking about mentally, not not physically. I'm talking about mentally, like calling things out. Like even the Heat game, he was doing this as well. Just like playing with real confidence as a defender. Whereas the Grizzlies game, it felt like that was very much a preseason effort. Where it's like, all right. And it, honestly, like after that Cleveland game where he absolutely destroyed Jerry Allen, I thought he wasn't going to play for the rest of the preseason because he was getting after it on both ends. Uh, so I'm actually really excited to see what Collins does with another year with that confidence of being a good defender. Now, like he feels like he, he knows he's actually good on defense now. And like part of being a good defender is being confident that you can both execute and make plays. Like, I mean, he's going after steals now. Um, and he's, and like, you know, there's just some stuff he's doing now that he wasn't doing earlier in his career that I'm actually impressed by. And I think that's going to, what he was doing in the playoffs is going to carry over to what, um, um, carry over to the season i've actually been impressed with gallo's defense as well and like just in general i'm like in the playoffs they were good defensively against the knicks and the sixers now the knicks we can say all we want about the knicks being a bad offense bro and they were guess what (laughs) guess what guess what not every team is the freaking brooklyn nets on offense you're right all right there were multiple times during the season where the hawks let bad offenses do whatever they wanted in the playoffs, that stopped. They got stops consistently, and they won games. I feel like that confidence they got in the playoffs can carry over to the regular season. If, even if they, if they're healthy, relatively healthy, or, but that requires Capella being out there, like period. Oh uh, yeah, I mean Capella. Capella's I mean, especially the guy. especially with a con, especially with a Congo being out. I'd be less concerned about Capella right now if Congo was ready to go and like he was just a starting center and Capella was doing whatever he's doing on this rehab tour, which again, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's telling the world that he's finally healing, which maybe that explains the poor finishing. Um, because this idea, like, you know, again, I gotta, I gotta, Mention your arch nemesis again uh, over at ATL twenty nine oh. for Hawks podcast supremacy. Oh, Kevin! But they like they just made a they just made a point about how Capella, you know, wasn't that, you know, is a mediocre finisher had bad hands. I'm like, this was like the first season of his career where he showed any of this. Yeah, I mean that, that, that for that's, his career, it's very fair. Capella's career before last season, he was one of the best in the game. I was shocked by how bad he was. It was shocking to me. Um, so if we can get, if he's actually healthy when he, whenever he starts playing and he plays at the level offensively that I'm used to actually watching Clint Capella play at, then we got one of the best, what, five centers in the game? I think he was already that last year. But, like, you know, that's just another, that's just another avenue of success on offense. And now you can play Capella more. Like, there's just a lot more stuff the Hawks can do if Capella's doing his job in finishing like he's supposed to on offense. So, I'm actually, 
optimistic that Capella's actually feeling better for the first time in like a year and a half. Let us hope. At the same time, but uh, you know, the season starts tomorrow, more or less, and he ha- he he hasn't practiced yet or he's done anything, or like, has he done a wind sprint? Like, so even if he is healthy, like, is he going to play more than fifteen minutes a game? Like, so we'll see what we'll see what how the season starts, but like overall, like with how the East is right now with two with three of the Hawks like immediate competitors besides the Heat and the Celtics we can if we want to talk about them we can but like besides those two teams all three of those teams have real concerns and I think the Hawks have an opportunity to really grab that one seed and if they can get that they can make it to the finals if they make it to the finals they can win the title and they could have won a title last year (laughs) I mean, it's weird to say, but it's true. I watched those games. I was like, oh, this team can win a championship. It was There was no fluke of what the Hawks were doing, I promise you, because it's not like they were making open three-pointers. Let me tell you something. They bricked a lot of three-pointers. Um, They had no injury luck, real injury luck, outside of Giannis getting hurt. You want to tell me Embiid was hurt as well, I'm going to just point out Embiid was playing the best basketball of his career during that series until the fourth quarter so so like it can't be both can't be both with Embiid I'm sorry um if y'all think you're playing he looked fine to me that's all I'm gonna say about that um so (laughs) um and like I don't know like and the Nets it's if Kyrie Irving is gonna play half the damn game yeah I mean the thing is like this is very simplistic but if I think the Nets have to be the pick to win the championship if Kyrie's playing. And I think that they might be the best team in the league without Kyrie, but they're not. They're clearly not the same level of favor without Kyrie. No, there's no question Listen, about that. The Nets can be the better team. The Hawks don't have to be the best team during the whole entire season or the playoffs. That is very even true. Even if they have the best record. It happens, it happens regularly. they have to be the best team four games out of seven. That's all they have to do. That's what they did last year. And they have the talent, because they have such talent, in different areas to the point that if they find one person on your team who's not up to the level, they will exploit that individual regardless of what he's bad at just because of the variety of quality the Hawks have at multiple positions. So that's just my that's just my overall point with the, with the Hawks. Like they have a real opportunity, but again, they have to get that one seat if they want to. If they want to make it to the NBA time, NBA finals, and again, I'm not saying they're going to be the better teams out of these guys, but sequencing matters. And because of their level of talent, plus how high I am on Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, and DeAndre Hunter, just because of how high I am, I think they have the talent to be able to beat any team four games out of seven. And so as long as they give themselves the best chance to do so by both having home court and avoiding certain teams, like it matters – like, to me, it matters if the Hawks, they play, like, either, like, a, a Hornets team as the eight seed or the Wizards or something like that where it's a low-maintenance series where you know you're going to win, you know, instead of having to play high-intensity basketball. You know, it, it's just a difference where, like, you know, just being able to get, get easy wins, get a favorable matchup. If you, in the second round, get to avoid the Bucks and the Nets, 
doesn't mean you're going to guarantee to win the series. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, if you can avoid those two teams and you get those teams to beat up on each other, you have a better chance. And, and like, if they – but this – hate to bring it back to Cam. This goes back to Cam. <laughs> Here we go again. Here the Hawks go. don't have – like, Brad, the Hawks do not have – there's no way Nate McMillan is going to be okay with Camera is taking some of these shots in the regular season. Oh, okay. Zero chance. That, that that I that I actually agree with. If he if he ha- if he shoots the shot diet that he had in these first halves, last two games, in a game with Trey Young and John Collins and real stakes, Nate's going to lose his mind. I will say that uh, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, with that said, I don't know I don't know if Cam will do that. I mean, the one if you want to give Cam the benefit of the doubt, I think this this is reasonable. You could say that look. It's preseason. He's just trying to cook a little bit. He's playing these games without without Trey, without DeAndre. They're not, you know, in their normal structure. They're not. They're not running their plays, and they're, that they're going to be running the season. That is a a reasonable line of thinking, and one that I I think is you know again reasonable. I just don't know what it looks like, but I agree. If, if he does the same stuff that he's been doing offensively, when the lights come on, Nate's not going to enjoy that. And that's the thing about like all this. Stuff. Like Jalen Johnson's the same way on a lower on a lower level. He's a rookie, but Nate's not going to hesitate at all to pull Jalen Johnson from from a game in one minute. He's just not. I mean, he'll throw he'll throw solo out there, he'll throw somebody he trusts out there and just like gives him the baseline confidence and I, I don't know if that's good long term, but it's probably going to happen. They're going to coach to win this year. I mean, it's just what it is. Nate's been very honestly to his credit, he's been very very clear about that. Like there's no longer a development aspect. Obviously, they want guys to get better, but they're trying to win and they're trying to win now. And it's just what it is. Listen, Sharif Cooper uh, is more further along as an NBA player than Jalen Johnson is right now. I, I know I alluded to it earlier in the podcast, but, like, I can't stress this enough. Sharif Cooper looks really good um, in the games, the two games that he's played. Like, he's playing incredible basketball. Um, and he has real confidence in his jumper. And the opposing team can feel that a guy is confident in his jump shot. Because now they got to press up a little bit more on him, and nobody can stay in front of him. He's ve- like in all defense. I mean, his defense, even uh, the Grizzlies, he was heating up Culver. Like he embarrassed Culver. Uh, it was sad to watch uh, Jared Culver be turned into what turned into that. Be a guy who can't get the ball up the floor against Street Cooper, a rookie. Uh, but he was also playing good defense against Sexton and Garland. Like those are real NBA starter guards in this NBA. And I thought he was really good defensively, um, especially at the point of attack. He's just not letting guys blow by him, um, and he's like he's getting screened hard on, on some of these screens. But like he's fighting and he's competing. Um, I've I've really enjoyed the effort level and the intensity that Cooper's playing with. I don't know if that results in him getting playing time immediately, but I mean he could force his way into playing real like if 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 there's injuries and the opportunity presents itself like i feel like he's positioning himself in a way that he can really count on an opportunity whereas jalen johnson is not right now and like if that if you want to break down the difference between those two guys that's it uh like with with especially with both um both Trey Young and DeLon Wright being out right now, like I feel like Cooper is really trying to showcase what he can do and show that hey, if if you guys need to call on my number, I'm ready. I I can't like I was both at this game 
and at the open scrimmage. The confidence uh, Shreve Cooper is flashing in his jumper is legit. Like, he, and he's also quick. He, this release is like a lot quicker than what he was doing in summer league, even in summer league. And that, what was summer league? Like two months ago? Like, I mean, yeah. he looks in, like this is that, like he's showing real genuine improvement um, in only two months. And like, this is great to see because the only thing holding him back was his jump shot. And then you watch him on defense. I'm like, this is a real player in this league. Uh, it's a real asset that the Hawks have. So we'll see. I'm not projecting that Cooper's going to play right away or anything like that. But if if I were a betting man and, and, and Nate McMillan, if all things were equal, I would wager Nate McMillan would prefer to play Shreve Cooper over Jalen Johnson, like as rookie. Um, right now. Well, uh, and Skylar the thing, May, part of Sky, that is. Skylar Mays is a little. It, Skylar Mays, unfortunately, just plays the same position as Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich and Dylan Wright. And Lou Williams. Trey Young and Lou Williams. And Lou Williams. <laughs> like he just like but like Skylar Mays looks good, but he just plays the same position as a lot of guys on this team. Like he's just not gonna play. Whereas Cooper does stuff that really only Trey Young can do on this team, which is get consistent dribble penetration. Well, and the um, thing is also like because of what he can and can't do, um, it's interesting, like Nate is gonna lean defense, and as as crazy as this might sound. I think that Nate would probably trust his de- his overall team defense more with Sharif on the court than he would with Jalen because up the scale, like it's your defense matters a lot more at the four or if you're playing small ball five like Jalen might maybe could than it does when you're Sharif Cooper at, at at the point. And yes, it does matter, but as long as he gives effort and just gets in the way, um, he's not a better defensive prospect by any means than Jalen Johnson. But in terms of like the impact right now, you could argue that a below-average defensive point guard, if you think that that's what Sharif's going to be, is less damaging than a rookie that doesn't know what he's doing necessarily at the four in Nate's defense. Like, that's a reasonable thought, I think. Sorry, Brad. I, I just watched the Chiefs run some, like, Uh-oh. very much that play that they just ran to score a touchdown was very much some <laughs> pound ball-like trickery uh, before the snap where they were facing that they were confused. But they really weren't confused. They knew exactly what they were going to do when they scored the touchdown. So it was just funny to watch because I, I haven't seen stuff. You don't see stuff like that in the NFL. So, like, they're just having fun. Out Andy, there. Reed, Andy Reid has fun. Uh, no, I mean, but, uh, I guess we should probably get out of here in, in the near future. I will say uh, before we get out of here, anything that you want to uh, get on the record before the season? Because as we're recording this, we're like, you know, we're 10 days away or so. Anything that you want that you haven't already said that you want to get out there as a prediction or something that you want to see? Anything that you want to say on the record into a, into a microphone before the season starts, uh, feel free to do that at the end. Well, before before that, just my last thing on Cooper. Like, I'm really happy for him that, you know, they talk. And uh, I'll just add to your point. Like, he's been really good defensively. Uh, he's been he downright feisty so far defensively. Uh, and so, like, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens if Dylan Wright is still hurt, like, what the rotation is going to look like. Um, so, That'll be something to monitor. Um, and he, he looks, I mean, he looks good and he's playing with real confidence. And that's, that's, you love to see it. Got him for the 48th pick. Can't, I still can't believe it. It's insane. Still, yeah. <laughs> still I, can't I, believe it. We agree still on that. cannot believe it. Like, and like, there's no way other teams can watch film and be like, we could have had this in the lottery. Like, 
there are teams that don't have a point guard or don't have a, a you know, I, I don't know. I, I've made the magic point enough times, Brad. I don't want to labor the, <laughs> labor the issue. But the um, Southeast Division rival Orlando Magic. Yes. <sighs> moving on. Scotty Barnes, on. Scotty Barnes looks good. He does. Oh, poor Magic fans. It's, it's not fair to them. It's not fair. Oh, uh, but uh, stuff on the record. I, I guess everybody said this, but I think the Celtics are actually going to be really good. Wow! Um, Look at you with a positive Celtics take. I know it hurts. That was uh, that was hurts, off my radar. But, Honestly, I was not expecting that at all from you. I'm actually you know, not they, that high uh, on Celtics this year, but I that'd be pretty good. I, I don't know. I just think um, Al Horford, baby. I think their defense is just going to be really good. Uh, Al Horford, baby, <laughs> and then on offense, I think they have enough to piece together just good enough. That's where I actually think that, going to be. That's my concern is because I think their defense is going to be awesome. Like if you're playing Marcus Smart at the one and Al Horford at the four on defense, you're going to be awesome. Like there's no question about that. When yeah. you, you, you have those two wings too. Like they're going to, when they want to be good on defense, they're going to be awesome. I don't know how they, sc- I mean, they're going to score okay, but it's good. It's a yeah, lot, it's a lot I of mean, pressure on Tatum and Brown. A lot of pressure. It's going to be, it's guys. going to be very congested um, for their offensively, but like, I mean, I'm not. I'm not projecting them to be. I, I, I don't think I'm projecting them to be more than what other people are saying, which is them being like, like, like four, five, six yeah. seed. Or, I mean, they could. They could be the third seed if they get. If they get some. Uh, you know, if they can get rolling, um, and maybe one of the young guys pops for them. But I, I think you know, looking at the roster and, and the quality, like I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, other than that, uh, the Heat. I mean, Kyle Lowry both looks good. I mean, you know, even just, you know, watching from the, the Hawks game, like he looks good at the same time. Like it still looks like they're going to struggle to score in the half court. So on one hand, I think they're going to be a bit better. If the, As long as they can be a full court team, I think they're going to be pretty good. But that's going to require them to get consistent stops. And they should be good defensively. Um, but you know, they're also an old team and like, I mean, one injury, if they get one injury to one player, like they're going to be in real trouble. Like they cannot afford anybody to get hurt on that team. So, um, that though, but those two teams, I, I think, I think that they're going to be pretty good. I, you know, everybody has these tears because, uh, I mean, apparently, Apparently, basketball fans are also, they must love Dragon Ball Z because they truly believe in, like, lists and power rankings and, like, tier lists. Oh, let's do some top 100 like, talk here at the end of the podcast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm good kidding. Lord. Not with you on the podcast. Listen, I I, I tried to couch it and even gave you the, uh, on, on the show, my, I said, my, hey, Tyler, log off because it's top 100 time on the podcast. My, my, my issue <laughs> is this idea that, the quote unquote 50th best player in the NBA cannot be better than the quote unquote 20th best player in the NBA. Like, I know they're ranked as such, and like, oh, there's like a 30 player gap. They must be, you know, he must be so much better. And like, the truth is, like, maybe he's marginally better just due to the fact that he has, you know, better positive outcomes against certain lineups, but like, 
against any matchup, like the 50th best player can be absolutely better than even the best player in the NBA. Like that's just that's just how basketball works. Like, like these this tier stuff is over a 82 plus game season plus the playoffs. But if we're talking about for a one game sample or like even a 10 or 20 game sample, like they 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 just don't mean that much. And like I really wish people would kind of understand with rankings regardless of what they are they're really just made to start discussions and rile you up and get you talking and get engagement up and all that good stuff but like they don't really they don't really say as much as you think they do because i mean i don't know man what what, what was clint capella ranked in 51 or something around 50 in most like, of them yes uh, and Collins fifty famously. Bogdanovich was sixty five. Sixty four, and, and, and the like, ones that I talked about, the the the, the one that was famous was uh, having Buddy Heald ahead of Clickapella and John Collins on the same list. So that that was incredible. Shots to Buddy Heald. Like, there's not a GM in the world. The Kings would pray for a trade that would get, even though they have eight centers, they would gladly have nine centers if they could trade Clint Capella for Clint Capella for and only have to give up Buddy Heald. Like. <laughs> Just absolute lunacy, but like again, like the point of that list. I think I blacked out. Make me that. angry. Yeah, it made that um, one. That one got but like, me. DeMar, I mean, I mean, Demar Derozan, like as well. It's like, do people realize Bogdanovich? I, I bring this up all the time. Didn't Bogdanovich shoot like ten threes a game? It was about yeah. It was that many at the end of the, at the end of the year. He in, was uh, at jacking. the end of the year. Yes. Like he shot ten threes a game. He was making fifty percent of them through like thirty six games. 36 is not some small sample size. It's not sustainable, clearly, as we saw in the playoffs. But, like, when you have the talent to do that, I'm pretty sure you're better than one of the 60, than 65, you know, quote, unquote. But, again, the ranking doesn't matter. So, um, you know, ignore the rankings. The Hawks have a lot of talent. I don't know why everybody in the preview podcast has to bring up the fact that the Hawks have all this talent. So they must make a consolidation trade. Brad, they have to trade away from their biggest strength death so that they can have Bradley Beal on the roster. Like they just have to do it. Oh. When, when you can when you can trade for Bradley Beal, Brad, a six four non defending two guard who can't play the one and who's routinely like dogged it for years on defense, like you just gotta do it. Just gotta do it, man. So that's you know, cause uh, definitely what the Hawks' biggest struggle has been throughout the entirety of this Trey Young era is offense. So they just need more star power. They need more brand names on this team, Brad. I think that's my biggest takeaway. If <laughs> John Collins and Bogdan Bogdanovich's names were switched, I feel like they would have been higher in the power rankings. Can we leave it at that? Well, like, that's a fantastic take a, at the end of the podcast. I love that, actually. If, if John Collins was a, was a 20, what, 27, 28-year-old two-guard who was 6'7", uh, with a what seven foot wingspan and shot 40 percent from three last year on the volume that he did you think he'd be ranked 65 or if bogdan bogdanovich made 40 percent of his three-pointers and was like in what a 99 percentile finisher at the rim do you and good on defense do you really think he'd be 51st like it's such lunacy to me that these guys this is your career is to is to like tell the layman person how good certain teams and certain players are but anytime the Hawks come up 
They talk about how much talent they have, but they don't talk about the actual talent. Nobody brings up. I've listened to so many podcasts. How does nobody bring up how many threes Bogdan Bogdanovich took last year? Not well, a single person. Well, well, Tyler, I did. On Nate's, on Nate's show, I mentioned it. Just for you. I actually thought about you that moment. I said, you know what? I'm going to share this tidbit that we talked about on, the, on my podcast and bring it to the masses. And Nate, by the way, this is actually a good reminder of uh, the Hawks being more high profile this year. Nate put the podcast with me in front of the paywall. That's like a big step. It wasn't just like for the subscribers. It was like, hey, the I mean, Hawks are famous now. Let's talk about the Hawks in, in public. I don't blame them because nobody talked about nobody talked about the team last year. I know. Like the Philly, Philly, the Philadelphia 76ers have broken down in large part because they had no respect for the Hawks as a talent. When, if you watch the games, people who watch every game would have told you, hey, this Hawks team, they're really good. They can beat the Sixers. Like flat out. Like if anybody who watched the Hawks for more than six games last year, they could have told you that Sixers series, especially if you watch like, for their career, how these two teams have played each other. Because I'm going to spoil something. The Hawks have always played the Sixers well. They have. Even before they were good. Even before even before Nate McMillan was the head coach. This Hawks team, the core of these guys, have a confidence level against the Sixers uh, that just went untalked about because nobody talks about the Hawks and nobody paid attention. And so now everybody was like dumbfounded that Kevin Herter was able to put Seth Curry in, in the, in, into a light, into a little box. Like he absolutely embarrassed, embarrassed Seth Curry during that, during game seven. And the Sixers had no solution because they had to play Ben Simmons against Trey Young. And that was literally my whole argument of why I thought the Hawks had a real chance against the Sixers, why I wanted the Hawks to play the Sixers. And I was, and I felt comfortable in saying like, I think they can beat this team. Doesn't matter who, who has the better player. Embiid's absolutely better player than Trey Young. But guess what? He's not so much better than Clint Capella that he can dominate compared to Trey Young dominating literally anybody guarding him that's not named Ben Simmons. And even Ben Simmons, he was cooking. So, I mean, I just, I really wish, I, I want better from my national people so that, I mean, if, if the Hawks got the proper respect that they deserve, one, everybody would have picked them against the Knicks, which was embarrassing. Like, absolutely a joke. And then, like, further along in that, like, people wouldn't have been so surprised they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were like, hey, these are good matchups. Uh, they played both they, – they played the Sixers very well. The Knicks have no chance again, when they're trying. So, like, the Sixers, they played the Sixers well. Uh, ben Simmons just can't bully his way to the rim against John Collins. And so if he can't do that, it's going to be a lot of Ben Simmons in the half court. And we've seen Ben Simmons in the half court in the playoffs struggle. Nothing, nothing that happens surprising, but like they're throwing this, like it's not just Ben Simmons throwing the Sixers fit. Doc Rivers is pretending the series didn't happen. Uh, apparently he made no mistakes during the playoffs. Uh, Joel Embiid is pretending <laughs> he didn't play poorly in the second half of these games. Oh. That Clint Capella wasn't a better basketball player. Like from, from like five minutes left to go to third quarter, every playoff game, like Clint Capella just magically just got the better of him. And he couldn't do anything as Gallinari in the high post, bro. Like, but but it's all Ben's fault. Like that was a turning point. Not you turning the ball over to literally give the game away. Trying to do a spin move, fifteen feet away from the basket against Gallinari. Like, 
are you serious? You gonna take no responsibility for that? I, I, and, but it's it's like because they don't respect the Hawks. None of these dudes respect the Hawks. I'm here telling you guys, they can win the title. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't I don't think any team in the NBA is so much better than the Atlanta Hawks that they can't beat them in four games. I'm just being honest with you. This is not me being a fan. I'm just being real based on the talent they have in this team, the quality of their depth, and, like, their head coach and the confidence that they played with. So I'm excited for the season. Hopefully these guys are healthy. Hopefully, like, they'll get the resp- – like, it's going to be so weird when they're on national TV. People are like, oh, wow, you know, Trey Young is so good, but does anybody else notice how good these other guys are? I thought they were just a one-man team. Like, if like th- I think that's my biggest like irking right now is that so many like so many people want the Hawks to do something they don't have to do. Like, they don't have to trade for somebody. They don't have to do anything. They have the roster right now to win a title. What 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 would getting? I don't I don't see Bradley Beal raising their ceiling right now when I literally watched Bogey play better than him through 35 games in a regular season setting, like flat out be a better basketball player. So that's my, that's my biggest takeaway guys. I know I might sound like a homer at the end when I'm saying the Hawks can win the title, but I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to tell you all there's a lot of talent on this team. They're going to be really good. Bang that over. It's somehow only what 47 wins. That's easy money for you. You could, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's free money. Vegas, Vegas is just giving it to you guys. Like, I'd take it, you know, but that's that's just me. But uh, I don't have anything else, Brad. Yeah, I um, think I landed long enough. Our, our friends at Bell Online, actually, finally, I think maybe because of how much I've been screaming about this for weeks and months now, have now raised the over-under to 47.5 for the Hawks. So they, they, got, they got some money on the over. That was, uh, that was correct, I think. So now it's 47.5 at Bell Online. But still, still go over according to Tyler and me. Um, that's a good place to end it, I think. Uh, thank you for all of that and uh, your uh, work on this podcast, as always. We'll be back. Uh, I gave you like two months off, and now i got to bring you back uh, more regularly. So buckle up. We're, the season's here almost. There's one more preseason game to go, and then the Hawks open up in about a week and a half at home against Dallas. And uh, no one be, that won't be a big game at all. National TV, uh, two pretty good young players on full display. No one will talk about that at all. So that would be good. No, they – Apparently they were traded for each other, but they were never brought up. That's never brought up in uh, either of their careers. Uh, One thing before I go, I got a question for you, Brad. All right, here we go. Capella or Kongu? Who's the who's going to be the starting center like next year? Oof. I, I I will I will say Capella. Um, if I have to choose, but my real answer is I don't know, which I know you're not going to let me say. So I will I will say Capella if I have to choose. It honestly comes down to how a Kongwu looks when he comes back. I think if a Kongwu is like awesome when he returns, they might have to make a trade. Um, if he's not, you have a top 10 center conservatively in Capella who is a defensive anchor who they love and just extended. So I think options are good on that um but it really comes down to like how they both look but in particular Okongwu given that he had kind of a breakout at the end of last season and then immediately got hurt so I'm not really sure what uh what's to make of him right now yeah and I'm just I I think my only thing was just to say like you know Capella got the extension doesn't mean he's going to be the center of the quote-unquote future I agree with you on that that extension like 
I mean, it's just such a good deal. Like, you kind of, it would be, Travis Slank wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't sign Clint Capella, a very a potential all-NBA defender to that level of contract. Like, an all-NBA caliber basketball player uh, paying him less than $25 million a season. Like, you do that every time. You don't even think about it. So, um, I'm... I'm interested to see what happens with Herter contract as well. Like, uh, and I'm also interested to see what they do with Bogey. Like, isn't Bogey extension eligible after next season uh, with the new rules or whatever? I believe they can extend him, yes, because I think he has, he has to make – I think he might have to opt in or to the player option to do it. But I, I don't, I'm not an expert on this. I will have to find this out for you. But I think he is extension eligible after the season. Yeah, after the season is what I meant. So – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the Hawks do, but they do have a lot of options. They have a lot of good players, but let's not confuse that with having to make some consolidation trade to make their team, like, <laughs> neutral. Bring, bring it all back to the work. consolidation trade, your favorite your favorite thing in the world. Um, all right, Tyler. Well, thank you for joining me, man. Uh, please plug yourself. I know you got your, uh, your behind-the-lock uh, behind Twitter account, but uh, always fun to follow you so people can find you where. Yeah, you can follow me at Jonesy2x4 on Twitter. Uh, it's not by choice that I, I tweet from a locked account. It's not like I'm scared of the takes. Fear. Or people criticizing me. I'm scared of losing my job. So, uh, <laughs> Wise. It, it, if you want to call me a coward, that's fair. I'll, I'll eat that. There, there, when, I, when I was a younger man, I wouldn't care about what I tweeted. But now that I'm uh, firmly planted with a career now, currently... Uh, that pays my bills, and I make decent money. That is more. I, that is I'd more. Rather important. not have. I'd rather not get a call from my manager and be like, "Hey, uh, is this your Twitter?" Like, mm. No, nah, I'd rather not have that conversation. You so get a you call. Can call me why, why are you screaming and yelling about Kevin Herter uh, on a Tuesday? No. <sighs> my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather avoid those conversations. So, again, you follow me, Jonesy Two X Four on Twitter. Um, currently, I am behind on my anime as well and video games. I'm just behind on a lot of stuff. Work has really, work was kicking my butt over the summer. And so like, it's kind of pushed a lot of what I wanted to do back. So I'm kind of late. So I'm probably going to have some late takes on certain stuff, but uh, it's quality content, primo content. If you can get, if I can, if I can eventually get to accept you on a friend request, uh, follow a request or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. People uh, check out your, uh, check out your stuff. And uh, we interact regularly on Twitter and, uh, all in good fun, and I always appreciate you coming on. So thank you very much for this. Uh, as for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out the uh, show on your platform of choice and leave five-star feedback and ratings, reviews. Tell your friends, follow Tyler, and we'll see you all next time.